Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is, uh, God, it's man, 7.51 already. AJ, ready to go? Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Magnificent. Ladies Ooh, and gentlemen, please I, welcome. I think I screwed something up. Okay. Are you there, Tom? I'm here, yeah. Yeah, we can hear him. Oh, for some reason, I can't hear you guys now. Oh, the, the boss is this board sometimes. I was like, what is happening here? All of a sudden, the board just started smoking, and there was sparks. Okay, I think we're good now. But yeah, AJ is ready to go. AJ, you there, bud? Yeah, good morning. Okay, so you can hear me now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, he goes, uh-huh. Yeah. Like it was just a given. No, no, no. No, no, I, no I, did, I, I, I didn't want to step on you, so that's why I was like, I'm just going to give you a quick, mm-hmm, we're good to go. Just please go ahead. I like it. A.J. Finney, ladies and gentlemen, with Willie Meyer, Laugh Camp at St. Paul. That is tomorrow night and Saturday night at 8 o'clock. A.J., how you been doing? Uh, doing very well. Very well. Uh, trying to get through the brutal winters here in, uh, in Denver. We've had a, a lot of snow this year, but... Yeah, feeling good. I'm awake today, so that's good. I mean, AJ, honest to God, you start from the the west end of Texas and and go straight up and kind of like make a funnel. That whole situation from like San Antonio up over you and up over us, that entire segment of America has just been hammered this year. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like if if you're a skier or a snowboarder, it's been the best. Um. But I will t- I'll take it over the fire season any day. Like the fires oh, yeah. we had a few years ago here were just <laughs> brutal. I don't know. I don't know if it's ever happened out in uh, Minnesota. You've ever just woken up and realized that it's raining ash. But uh, that's oh, a new experience. God. And it's such a beautiful area you live in. There's no question about that. Catherine and I just came out, uh, I guess, two years ago now and spent some time in Colorado. Just absolutely loved it. The people were very, very nice. Yeah, to yeah. see that happening, the burning going on and all the rest of it, it, that was tough to watch, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was it, uh, real rough. But, uh, yeah, the last couple of years it's been a little bit better. But uh, <laughs> Minnesota's beautiful. Like the, oh God! Uh, yes. We have the mountains, but your guys' lakes and the greenery out there is amazing. I could deal without the size of the mosquitoes, but uh, other than that, it's—I mean, I love it out there. I thought you were going to say I could deal without the size of the income tax, but you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> little spendy, you know, no yeah. big deal. But no, it's—it's it's, so. You live right in the Denver area. Uh, yeah, outside of Denver, actually. Uh, if you're right. familiar with the area, I'm kind of north of the city. Uh, kind of on your way towards, like, Fort Collins. Honest to God. See, now that is a terrific... Well, like Minnesota, kind of, AJ, don't you think the Colorado's like three different states in one? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, yeah. as far as, like... Uh, are you talking about landscape or people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the people, the <laughs> landscape, everything. Because if you go from the bottom of Minnesota up to about... Rochester, that's one in Minnesota. Yeah. Then you go Rochester to St. Cloud, that's another Minnesota. And then St. Cloud North is a completely different Minnesota. It's yeah. interesting. Yeah. 
It's funny you brought all those up. I've been, uh, I've performed in all those cities, and sure. uh, I think St. Cloud might have been the first place I ever had Herbert and Gerbert. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. Uh, we which, like it a lot. You, oh, it's one of my favorite sandwich places, and the people that live there always go, "Why are you so excited about this sandwich?" And I'm like, "I just can't get it. It's like In and Out." <laughs> <laughs> well, we got them here. You can track them down in, in Minnesota, so that's good. Yeah. No question about it. That's a very good thing. So it says here in your descriptor that you're a huge deadhead. How, ballpark, how old are you? Uh, I So I'm 44. Uh, I'll be 45 this year. I was born in 78, uh, which by dead history was a really good year. I was just going to say, aren't, didn't you catch the tail end of it all, kind of? <laughs> yeah, I would have been... Yeah, actually, I miss Jerry altogether. Uh, I had yeah, an opportunity yep. to go out and see the, I think it was late summer 94, and the scene had gotten so bad. And I was uh-huh. like, I just don't. I was like, I'll catch him next year. Maybe things will change. And, you know, then July 95 came around, and it was over. You know, i got to be honest with you, AJ, because AJ is a huge deadhead, as they're called. AJ Finney with us, ladies and gentlemen, with Lily Meyer, Laugh Camp in St. Paul, tomorrow night and Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Now, the reason I bring that up is because, you know, you came along. Well, I'll give you an example because I'm, you know, in the next generation after or before you, I guess, when you're talking about yeah. age. But I, because of my mother, I suppose, I go all the way back, and I, even though I was a, I was a tiny baby when he started, I always liked Elvis because my mother loved Elvis. I always liked uh, Glenn Miller, which was during World War what? II, because my mother loved him. You know, so I can. Yeah. Who introduced you to, to the Grateful Dead? Do you remember? God, yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's funny uh, that you brought up that your mother. My mom gave me my first Grateful Dead tape cassette. Yeah. In fact, it's during a time frame, and uh, when I first listened to it, Tom honestly did not like it. Uh, I was a like an '80s metal guy uh, when I was younger. My favorite band was Motley Crue. Um, I, I rode a skateboard, so I was really into that young angst and kind of buck the law type of sure. attitude. And when she gave me the tape, I was like, "Oh, it's dead. There's a skeleton on here. This is going to be hard." And I put it in, and I was—I think it was Saint uh, Saint Stephen. Maybe was the first thing I heard, and I was like, "I can't. This isn't for me." Yeah, and then. Um, yeah, junior high, early high school, something like that. Uh, another guy turned me on to it and um, kind of stuck off and on from there. God, AJ, it's so great that you brought up that era and, you know, the 80s and all the rest of it because to this day, and I know it's, I suppose, stealing in a way, but I've got a little edge to me. I, I might have a little bit of an attitude, you know, just a little, yeah. AJ. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I stole from talking about being a big metalhead and all the rest of it. Every time I wanted to insult somebody after, like, the 1980s, I referred to them as King Nothing. <laughs> Sorry, <you have it. laughs> I love that song, AJ. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Because it's like, King Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Great yeah, music. Yeah, it's something I, I wish, like, I love comedy 100%, and it's the best. I wish the fans got into comedy the same way that, that music has that pull to people and some people get it, but music has always been something that there's this interesting tether back to memory. Um, and I've sat down and talked with a lot of people about this, but you can tie music back to a time where you lost like a loved one. 
It was the greatest yep. moment of your life, car accidents. It's such a beautiful median that just, I mean, it just gets into your bones. No, it does. But the great news for comedy is we need comedy every bit as much as we need music. There is no doubt about yes. that. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Now, AJ, uh, who's your inspiration? Did you have one or two people that inspired you going, hey, man, this, when I get older, this is what I want to do. I want to do stand-up comedy. Anybody in particular? Oh, well, so it's kind of weird. But when I first started it, when I was really young, my mom was 16 when I was born, so we were... Uh, my dad used to go out of town. He was a construction worker, and my mom would show me old Robin Williams stand-up specials. I remember live oh. at the Met when I was a kid. Um, and then... I can't, it was Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Oh, yeah. And then there was this Eddie Murphy one. And she showed me those, and I got hooked. And I want to say it was within a week they were getting calls from the school uh, because I was just running those bits. <laughs> and, yeah, not, no, right. And, you know, if, if you ever heard that Eddie Murphy bit, uh, I remember having to try to explain it in front of everyone. And my mom just, realizing she shouldn't have shown it to me. I was like maybe eight and was doing, uh, God, he had a bit where he was in a bathtub with his brother and they were playing with a GI Joe and the GI Joe accidentally went up a rear end. And, um, <laughs> okay. I say, and I was just, man, I was killing it out on that blacktop. <laughs> and, uh, unbeknownst to me, there was definitely a teacher behind me and I'm sure she was laughing. Uh, cause man, I was killing it. Well, that's hilarious. Now, Rudy, do you have somebody that inspired you? Is there one, two people that inspired you to get into it? Oh, there's so many, but Carlin was one oh. of them. Absolutely, yep. yeah, prior. Uh, yeah. It's funny you bring up the uh, about the stealing bits and then going to school with them because I won the fifth grade talent show with a set that I had lifted from somebody from A&E's Evening at the Improv when I was like Whoa. nine years old. And oh. I was like, I was nine or 10, and I didn't know that you're not supposed to steal people's material and then do it. But right. I, but imagine being like a nine-year-old. I was doing like Desert Storm material. <laughs> and okay. and I, re I remember the joke, and I've been, they actually posted all of the A&E's Evening, Evening at the Improvs on... Uh, Amazon Prime. So I've been going back yeah. and rewatching all of them to see if I can find that guy and who he was. Because one of the jokes I remember was they're sending all these young kids to Desert Storm and they're out in Iraq and the, all these poor kids having to walk around with 50 pounds of gear on their back. What they should be doing is getting the guys from Disney World to get out there. Could you imagine a fifth? Could you imagine a thousand goofies running out of a sand dune? Huge pop <laughs> when you're 10 years old, right? Dumb joke oh, now yeah. when you look back on it. But I would love to go back and find that guy. So I'm glad that uh, you also have that same trajectory of stealing people's material at a yeah. young age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's well, great. I, it, it feels weird, but before you know that you're going to do comedy, uh, when you look back at your life and where it's led, like I remember working in factories and just doing street jokes and repeating them in different trailers for so many people and not even like, obviously wasn't my material, but trying to learn the art of story and how to absorb and suck someone in and then figure out how to really lay that punchline down. You know, that's the whole thing, AJ, is people think, well, how's that guy so funny? How's that woman so funny? My God, because they know how to tell a joke, first of all. Right. And what you just talked about, uh, constructing a joke, that's a huge part. A lot of people don't get that. They really don't understand that there has to be some... 
you know, maybe a little research, some construction, some faith in your own ability to deliver it. it telling a joke is not, if people think telling a joke is easy, it is not easy. Not at all. Right. Yeah. And that relatability factor, like you yep. can, a person can learn how to tell a joke. They, they can't always figure out the delivery, but they can learn how to tell a joke. Some people can learn how to write a joke, but likability is, is something that you can't teach somebody. Like, and it's so hard to go, no, you're a great writer, but uh, God, how terrible is it to go, man, you're a great writer, but people just don't like you. <laughs> so the hell? So true. It's so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we over the years have had had comedians in. I think there's only been two of them that I literally said, "Would you get the hell out of here? You're a huge oh. pain in the ass." Oh man, yeah, it's it's weird. I I remember uh, he's passed now, but uh, both of them actually. I grew up in Kansas City, which is where I started doing stand up, and there was a club there, uh, notorious known as uh, Stanford and Sons, and there was a guy named Craig Glazer that ran it. It God. was just notoriously i mean he talked like a he was just like all right this is what you want to do like that's how he would talk him <laughs> and uh him and leo gallagher got into a oh, yeah. fist fight on radio <laughs> and it was just i was like both of you guys are handfuls like this is wow. unbelievable they got so they were on the air and got or the, were they off the air and got in a fist fight? No, they were on the air. Oh uh, I God! Think, yeah, I think it was a, a <laughs> rock station, and it, it's just a handful. It's weird when people get to a certain age and you go, "You just never grew up." <laughs> like, yeah, to certain yeah. emotional aspects, just never grew. By the and, way, AJ, uh, you just taunted me. You taunted me oh. <laughs> because somebody earlier in the week brought this up, too. They brought up Kansas City, and now I'm going to have to get on an airplane and fly to Kansas City and go get some Arthur Bryant's ribs. Thanks for that, AJ. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to uh. – I don't know who told you to go to Arthur Bryant, uh, but I would tell you, uh, if you want really good barbecue, you're going to want to go to Oklahoma Joe's. Oklahoma Joe's. Mm. Is Gates still oh. around, too? Gates is Gates still around. Is still around. Yeah. It is, okay. I just had I was at the Comedy Club of Kansas City a couple of months ago uh, and I didn't realize whoa. that Gates of Can I didn't realize that Gates when you walk in, they it's their thing to like be angry at you all the time. So while I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to while I'm trying to and I don't know anything about barbecue, so while I'm trying to order, I'm just listening to the people in front of me order and I thought I heard them say Bernays. So when it was my turn to order, I said, hi, can I get Bernays? And the woman lost her mind. She's like, what is Bernays? Do you know what you're doing? I'm like, I just wanted to, I was like, I just wanted to order what the people in front of me wanted to order. And she goes, do you, do you mean burnt ends? I was like, oh, oh, yeah, uh, burnt ends. And the woman looked at me and said, uh, too late, turkey sandwich, next. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I yes. like turkey. That's what you're getting. Yeah, so Gates is still around, man. Definitely hit it up. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm going to wow. do the impression. for AJ, this is from my neighborhood growing up in North Minneapolis. This is why he thought it was what it was. Because I guarantee the guy in front of said, let me get some burnt ends. That's how he said. Yeah. Let me get some Bernays. So you thought he said Bernays, not Bernays. Bernays. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Bernays. I was like, Bernays sounds Bernays. great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love burnt ends, though, man. Wow. Burnt ends are damn good. Yes, there is are. no doubt about it. No question. Uh, so, AJ, everything is going well. Is it nice to be back out, man? I got to believe it's it's wonderful again, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the... Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to explain... 
uh, when you just get put in timeout. I mean, that, it, yeah. I will never forget. I went from I was up in North Dakota doing shows, and I was driving back to Denver through Wyoming and ran out of gas. And that was February of 2020. And I live, and it's probably some of the deadhead stuff, some of the hippie things I'm into, but it was such a foreshadowing of what was getting ready to come. I just sat on the side of the road trying to figure out how I was going to get places, going nowhere. Uh, Surprisingly, uh, a state patrolman actually picked me up. um, And, uh, yeah, got me going again, but... Literally a month after that, I think March 20th, like everything shut down. And I was just like, wow, I'm just on the side of the road in Wyoming for the next two years. <laughs> it's like all I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Just going, well, when do we go? Is it kind of tough uh, to keep, and, and Rudy, I'm asking you this question too, both Rudy and AJ, that during that two-year period, is it hard to keep your edge, your, 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 you know, humorous edge, because you haven't experienced anything in the clubs or any of the rest of it. Did you guys lose anything, like a little bit of an edge when you came back? Hmm. AJ, uh, go ahead. Yeah, I think there was some rust for sure. Yeah, yep. You know, there was a little bit of like what's going on. I also, uh, when things got, uh, gosh, I know a lot of comics would be against what I'm about to say, but. I didn't want to go on, like, unemployment or just take a bunch of help from the government. Uh, So I just started working at Amazon. Uh, The beauty of working there was I was inside a factory, and there were enough people around me that I just kept working bits out. Uh, So it felt like a little bit of normal life. Um, So I could stay kind of of in it Mm -hmm. as far as a creative outlet. Um, But, yeah, that's – I didn't really get – too much into the Zoom shows or anything like that. Did you do that, Rudy? No, I didn't. Uh, just a couple here and there. If it was something that was at decent payday, I would take it. But for the most part, no. But yeah, you're right. I think during COVID, I became a better writer, but I came out of it an even worse performer. Like it was so, oh. oh, those first couple of months back on stage, it was like the timing was off and, and the people didn't know what to laugh at yet because they were still oh, like, yeah. is, is this funny? Can we talk about these things yet? And yep. because there was this misinformation and people didn't know and, and people really didn't know how to act when they came back out, because I don't know if you've noticed, AJ, over the last it's starting to settle down. But when we came back, people were like animals in oh, the comedy yeah. clubs. They, they wanted the to be work. in the show and they were screaming oh. and just like heckling because we finally had a release. And now it's starting to calm down a little bit. But those first couple of months back were, oh, they were some of the worst sets I've ever had. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've had some, I've had some bombers, some real stinkers, but <laughs> yeah. But I have a question for you. Why? How did we get to this? And I've, I've talked about this, AJ, on the air before. How do we get to the point where I'm at a comedy show, but I have to remember that I'm the most important thing here, so I get to do whatever I want. How did we oh, get there? Oh, I, it's yeah. ridiculous. Tom, Jesus, that is the most simplest thing in the world. You grew up with terrible parents that did not discipline you, and they just continued to feed you and let you know that you were the most important person in the world. Yeah. So then, yeah. when your bachelorette party comes around, of course you're going to go out and ruin it for 350 other people. Why wouldn't you do that? Oh God. But you know what else? And this is I, I people are. 
probably not going to like this. And Rudy, I don't know how your feeling is on this, but when you talked about going back out to clubs and people having to be self-involved, something that I don't think is helping the, the kind of feeding that machine are these reels that people are putting out oh. where we're just battling hecklers. And I'm like, why are we? It feels like a lot of comics are going out and baiting an audience member now just to get a reel to try to get hits. And my thought is, hey, that's great if it happens every now and again. But if that's all you're putting out, maybe just write a joke and see if your material stands up. Mm -hmm. If you were really doing your job, maybe the audience wouldn't get that involved in what you were doing. Yeah, there's a lot of people that believe that they don't want to burn material for their special. And I'm like, listen, you're not Joe Coy. You're not Doug Stanhope. You're not, you're, they're not anything. So just put out the best material that you can. And I've worked for guys like, you know, some people might know these names, but Adam Ray, Jonathan Kite. I've worked with these guys for a long time, and I've done their clips for them. And Adam Ray, every joke Adam Ray has ever said, I bet I have captioned it. And put it out from, I bet I've done it seven different times. And he still releases it. And then I go and I open for Adam. And Adam does that same joke that's been on the internet 15 times. And it kills because he's such a good comic. And I think we're starting to get to, as you mentioned, AJ, about people wanting, especially with music, you go and you want to hear the hits. Well, people don't necessarily want that when it comes to comedy, but we're starting to find that as you do post material, people see a bit online, they share it, they love it, they go to the club, and then you do it live for them, and they enjoy it a little bit more. And uh, I went and saw Jim Gaffigan. This was, I don't know, three, four years ago, and Gaffigan got on stage killed for an hour and a half and then came back out to do an encore, and all he said was, you guys want to hear Hot Pockets? And the crowd went bananas. And he he, read, he did Hot Pockets for us, and we all laughed like it was the first time we had ever seen it. And I'm like, we're turning a corner with comedy, I feel like. So I don't yeah. know. I feel like we're in a good spot if we, if we start going down it. But we got to stop posting clips of us getting in with hecklers because then people it's think it's yeah. okay to yep. do it at the club. Right. And if I'm not sure, Rudy, how long you've been doing stand-up, but if you remember the big um, – God, it was Opie and Anthony, uh, the Bill Burr battles uh, Philadelphia, I think it was, that big thing. Yes. When that happened, uh, it, I mean, Bill got a lot of exposure, but he even brought it up. He goes, yeah, it popped me, but then people started coming to my shows and yelling stuff because they yep. thought that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to be careful how you advertise yourself. Like, I would much rather a person not get involved in, in my ADD battle up there to begin with. Yeah. My favorite of all time, went and saw him at the Kravis Center, uh, Dennis Miller. He's on stage. Oh, this place holds, yeah. what, about 4,000 people, something like that. It's a pretty big auditorium. Not, you know, like a sports auditorium, but, you know, to do comedy. About four, maybe 5,000 people get in. He sold it out. And Dennis Miller's up on stage doing his act, and some guy in the audience decides he's going to start heckling Dennis Miller. And Dennis, of course, just ignores him and ignores him and ignores him. And finally, at the fourth time, Dennis Miller's head drops down. He's just looking at the podium, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, I have to warn you about one thing, and I'm sorry about this, but I'm absolutely incapable of human interaction. (laughs) I thought it was a brilliant line. (laughs) He killed it, man. That guy, you ever seen him live or you ever worked with him? 
I have not. No, I Whew. I did see him live when I was coming up, or before I even do uh, started doing stand up. It was a lot of late night, one night stands on HBO at my grandma's house, like Bobcat Goldthwait, Dennis Miller. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. We've lost too many, by the way, AJ and and Rudy. I'm telling you, I I lost at least five or six friends during the COVID situation, starting of course with. Louis Anderson, and you go down the list, Gilbert Gottfried. Well, here's another very quick one. Oh. Gilbert Gottfried, he's at Acme many, many years ago. I'm sitting in the audience because Gilbert and my son Andy got along really, really well. They were pretty good friends. So I went to see him, and sitting in the front two rows, four women in the front, four women behind them, and all eight women, it was a, what do they call a bachelorette party? Or yeah. What do they call that? Yeah. Something like that. All eight women had on baseball caps that had giant penises hanging off them. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Gilbert was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What are you going to do? I I knew Gilbert, and he was – people. I don't know how many people know this, and maybe they know it now because people have talked about it, but he was such a soft-spoken, sweet man. Yes. And – I will never forget the day I met him. I he thought this was so funny. Like he was such an interesting way with his wit. Where we met, the club introduced us, and I was like, "Hi, Gilbert. Uh, I'm going to be your opener." And he goes, "Oh, how long have you been doing comedy?" And I, was like, oh, I, think about, I think Gilbert about 15 years. And he goes, "Oh, God, isn't that terrible?" And that's how we met. And then. He found out I had to leave Tampa to go back to Denver, pick a guy up, and go to New Mexico for a gig. And I was complaining on how I had done it. I was like, I have a 32-hour drive. Every night I would drive him home to the hotel, and he would go, tell me again how long you have to drive. <laughs> and I would go, I have, I have like 32 hours. And he would just laugh and then get out of my car. And the last thing he ever said to me in Tampa was, Hey, don't worry about all the drive. You're going to have plenty of time to sleep while you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> I love I miss him. I He's really so do. so sweet. AJ Finney, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, with Lily Meyer, Laugh Camp in St. Paul tomorrow night and Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, and by the way, I'm just so glad that you guys are back on the road. You men and women are back on the road making us laugh. We really need you, man. No doubt. Yeah. I'm super excited. I'm I I can't wait to be back. Some of my favorite bands are from your area. Uh, there's a band called the Big Woo, uh, who I used to yeah, drive yeah. from Kansas City to see. Uh, they and I have actually become friends over the years, and I think some of those are some of those guys are actually coming out to the show this weekend. Magnificent. Come back soon, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, AJ. Thanks, bud. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Rudy. A.J. Finney, ladies and gentlemen, the Laugh Camp that is tomorrow night at 8, Saturday night at 8 as well. And by the way, tip of the cap to people like Laugh Camp, 490 Robert Street. They uh, they battled through it and got it done. So God bless you. That's wonderful. We need to take a oh, My God, we do need to take a break. We have a superstar news reporter coming up next, don't we? Uh-huh. Kind of thought you guys weren't going to go. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We will be right back. A very special guest up next right after this.
This is Bob Sansever, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. I'm Dr. Stork. Eggs are a staple in our diets, and there's only one egg with more delicious farm-fresh taste plus superior nutrition. Eggland's best. With more vitamins, including six times more vitamin D and 10 times more vitamin E, plus 25% less saturated fat than ordinary eggs. Available in so many delicious varieties, classic, cage-free, and organic. Eggland's best. Better taste, better nutrition, better eggs. Finding great people to hire is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's pretty difficult, right? Well, ZipRecruiter has mastered finding a needle in a haystack. So they take it to the next level. They make hiring so simple that it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. And that's why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. Here's what it's like to use ZipRecruiter. They have so many qualified candidates that it's easier to find the right ones for your roles. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's a lot of needles. So how do they do it? ZipRecruiter's powerful technology sends you candidates who are a great match for your job, and you can even invite your top choices to apply. So if you want less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash F-R-E-E. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is, uh, my God, it's already 822. That is one thing, and I've said this many, many times, but this show flies by, and it's because when we have guests on, they do a really good job. I mean, AJ just ate up a half an hour of time on the, on the air, but he was very interesting. Yeah. You know? yeah, I was just shooting him a line and said, hey, thank you so much for coming on. That was one of the best over-the-phone interviews we've ever had. What we want to do is balance things out. So AJ just came on and killed it. So we wanted to reach out to somebody kind of lame that would give it balance. You know, you go from greatness uh-huh. to kind of lame deal. Yeah. So did you guys get a hold of Jeff? We did. He's on the phone. He heard all of that. What? I didn't want him on the phone yet. Pass, <laughs> how are you doing? Yeah, well, thank you for that uh, uh, song that you used out of the break to introduce me. Uh, because every time I hear that damn song, all I can think of is 
more cowbell, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I need more bit. cowbell. Yeah. More cowbell. I need more yeah. cowbell. Yeah. Jeff Passolt, ladies and gentlemen, I have known Jeff since he was 17 years old. I played football with his older brother, Dave, and all of a sudden he brings a 17-year-old kid along with him. And I've known Jeff Passolt ever since uh, through the Channel 11 days, through the Channel 9 days, through the pass every time, honest to God. I looked down at the docket this morning, saw your name on there, and the first thing I thought of was the Passolt brothers, Paul Majors and me going up to your cabin. Holy oh. Hannah. Were you thinking about the golf or the extracurricular? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? God, it was so, this was so horrible. Horribly wonderful. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Can you do you have a version of awarding the putter at uh, Oh, I at can tell the... you that. Yeah, I can tell you that. <laughs> uh, this was your idea by the way, right? Well, yeah, I came I was I was working out in Denver, but I came back cuz I came back for the golf weekend every summer. Yep. And uh so I let Tom and the other guys know and we're all heading up there and my brother has this friend uh, he's no longer with us. May he rest in peace, uh, my brother's friend. But uh, when, I, when I was out uh, in Denver, I was at a restaurant uh, that gave me a putter. Uh, the owner came over and said, yeah, hey, uh, you know, we're just opening here. Uh, thanks. But uh, we see on TV. Uh, here, why don't you take this out of our gift shop? And it's, it's a putter. Well, uh, so I... Bring that back. All the while thinking that we're going to make up some concocted thing at the end of our golf outing with the 12 guys that are up there on it. And we'll give away this putter to the one guy for some made-up award. You know, so we get done playing and, all right, guys, gather around. Okay, let's divvy up the money. Hey, one other thing, you know, uh, I talked to a few of the guys and they thought this would be a special moment to recognize somebody who's, I've uh, been here now three years in a row, and it's been uh, really great having them. And uh, we just thought it was so special that we would give you this uh, this putter uh, as a recognition of uh, us uh, that we'd like uh, having you around here. And it, it, I said it's a, it's an Irish putter. You see, it looks like a shillelagh here. It's an old, old Irish Scottish <laughs> putter. And uh, the guy goes, oh, thanks, and he grabs the thing, and then, uh, I said, well, actually, you know, the, the Scots and the Irish folks, uh, for good luck, uh, when they have the putter uh, to make sure that they're going to make putts, they, they kiss it, they lick it up and down the shaft, and da-da-da-da-da. And the guy goes, oh, and he starts doing that, and people snapping pictures of him. And then after he got done doing it, I said, well, uh, by the way, I, uh, I kind of made that story up. What that really is, I got that from a bison restaurant in Denver, and that's a stretched-out bull's penis. <laughs> <laughs> the shaft of the putter was a bull penis. A real bull's yeah, penis. Yeah, what you yeah. <laughs> and I'll twist and it. Yeah, he, he's kissing it and everything. Oh, winning. So, that was just one of the more tame stories. <laughs> and he's no longer with us, huh? No, no. He passed. Great guy. Great guy, yeah. man. I always liked him a lot. Yeah, the he uh, downered. Yep. He was indeed. Uh, it was one of those situations, like I said, I met Jeff playing football when he was 17 years old, and then he goes and uh, 
pops up on television. By the way, your brothers, man, I miss your. I haven't seen your brothers in a long time. Well, uh, I see them uh, up the lake in the in the summer. Uh, sure. And then uh, mom's still going strong, uh, so we bump into each other God. there on special occasions. So, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, they, they they all have fond memories too. I will tell you, your father, you mentioned Bob, your father, just a great guy. Ran the Red Owl supermarket on Franklin and Hennepin, it was, wasn't it? Uh, was, uh, yeah, Franklin Nicollet. Franklin Nicollet, yep. There yeah. you go. But we yeah. go over there. Your father had an incredible sense of humor. Yeah, I think uh, it rubbed off on all of us. And uh, I don't ever remember him not making a joke out of something, you know. Yep. Whether whether it was a play on words or, I don't ever remember him telling a joke. No, no. Nope. But he was quick witted, that kind of thing. So one of my favorites. Yeah, was we were too. all very lucky. Jeff and I went into the uh, the local uh, broadcasting hall of fame at the same time. <laughs> and who was it? Your father that got up and made the long speech. That was my mom. That was your mom. That's right. No, I was thinking about it. She thing. wasn't invited up. My mom says, can I say something? And I, I just looked down. I go, oh, no. <laughs> and she got a hold of the mic, and she started. And then, you know, it was okay. There's the one sentence, and people are just about ready to give a little clap. And another thing. <laughs> okay, Mom. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah, one I think of those the world. I do think yeah. the world of your family, man. You're, you got a great family. Now, I have, I do have to ask you a question. Were you in town for Christmas this year, or did, uh, on, yeah, you know, yeah, that's what I wanted to know because you didn't make a special trip just to show up at my deal there. I was hoping. It's like, oh my god, I, but uh, you were in town for Christmas, right? Well, yeah, we always head home. You know, the grandkids are there, and uh, yep. like I said, yep. my mom's there, and my wife's family's up there, and. Uh, uh, I also was asked to come back and do that uh, that biking event. Uh, right. Oh, right. Yeah. Fortunately enough, uh, it was the last chance I got to see Bud Grant and chat with him for a while. And yep. to be honest with you, when I got done uh, emceeing that thing, uh, to have a guy like this say that this to you, it, 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 I mean, when you grow up idolizing somebody like this, and then mm-hmm. you end up covering them, and you know how uh, they're legendary. But he came up to me and he said, "Jeff, good job." And that was Bud Grant. And I ooh. thought the day he died, ooh, it just, you know, took my breath away. Because, Yep. Yeah, no question. So I him. came back for that as well. But, yeah. Uh, and But I, I, I wouldn't have missed the, that event uh, of yours uh, uh, for the world. So uh, that was good to catch up with folks. And, in fact, I was just watching a documentary here that, uh, that uh, Liz Collin and Bob Kroll uh, oh yeah, on. yeah, yep. And uh, I, uh, I, I uh, actually, you passed on her number, so I could uh, text her and let her know. Uh, uh, you know, send her best wishes and stuff. Uh, right. It's uh, it's it's good to. That was a good mix of people. It was a real eclectic group at your event. Oh, it was. There's no doubt yeah. about it. There, yeah. yeah, no question about it. Had a great of course, time. So, but... the one bad thing is at my table, I got stuck with. Uh, with uh, Kendall and uh, Tino Latiri. So, you know. Yeah, it was Tino, it was Kendall, <laughs> yeah. and also Paul Walzer, wasn't it? 
Paul Walzer was right next to me yesterday. Yeah, yeah. yeah I so, thought so. And the David Valentini yeah. and all David, the other guys. Yeah, yeah, we were sitting with David as well. Yeah. So I thought I'd poke a little fun at Tino and Kendall when I get a chance. You know, my favorite thing of that whole deal is we're sitting there with the family, and it was just this night. They, all my friends and advertisers and all that got together and threw me a party on December, was it 23rd, I think it was? Yeah. Or 20, right 20, there. something like that. 20th. Somewhere maybe. in there. But well, everybody. The, the 19th was a Friday, so. It would have been, it would have been. Uh, let's see, the twenty, twenty first, maybe the twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Every single. Uh, by the way, the weather was horrible. It was snowing like mad. The wind was blowing like there was no tomorrow, and every single person, but about five, I think, showed up, and the five people who didn't show up were the radio people. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> well, you know, they were out, to, of course, they were out on very important sales calls. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm outside here, by the way, and the guy's got the gas trimmer going, so hopefully he'll get out of here fast. Uh, Can't hear uh, it. Uh, yeah, okay, he finally took off. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're down here in Florida uh, for another, uh, mm, let's see, uh, a little over a month, and then we head back up to the up to the cabin up north. God, that's a, what a great place you you said. Yeah, I still have that that whole area. The family still yeah. own that. Yeah. God, that's yep. so great. That, uh, that 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 will always be that way because it's been in the family now for over 120 years, and so Jesus, it's it's, it's sacred land, basically. Yeah, it is no question about it. Also, another great Bob Passold story. Where everybody's up on the roof, they're re-roofing the cabin. It's about 110 degrees up there, oh maybe 120. Yeah. Remember and that? Yes. <laughs> it, it was just, I mean, we were dying up there. It was August, and we were re-roofing the cabin. And uh, my mom was inside, and she stuck her head out. They, Does anybody want something to drink? You know, and so the one brother, yeah, give me a Diet Coke. Uh, yeah, give me a Mountain Dew. Give me a lemonade. Give me this. My dad goes, you got any coffee? <laughs> <laughs> he wants a hot cup of coffee when it's 110 degrees on the road. <laughs> he said, Dad, a hot cup of coffee. He goes, yeah, if you drink something hot, then the outside doesn't feel as hot. <laughs> <laughs> God, what a great family you have, no doubt about it. That's one thing, I mean, oh, God, you're very, very lucky, because each brother is completely different. I mean, you guys have some similarities, but each person is their own specific person. I always like that about your brothers. I think my mom is probably uh, part of it's due to that. She's a pretty independent gal, uh, and she was our disciplinarian, because my dad was at work all the time, and I think... uh, She had that kind of uh, attitude that, you know, you go do what you want to do, but you better do it well, and you better do it right, and you better not get in trouble kind of thing. So uh, I think that's due to her. Hey, who do you think is going to win the Masters? It starts today, doesn't it? Matter of fact, it already started, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. They've got uh, clouds all day, but it is supposed to get up to like 81 uh, and I think the chance of rain is only about 15%, but yeah, so I, I'm rooting for Rory McIlroy. I've come to really, uh, in, in the beginning, I wasn't crazy about the guy. I thought he had a little bit of a hot head, but now I, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so, I really like the way he plays. 
I didn't get to see it, and I, I can look it up online one of these days, but I haven't thought about doing that either. Was that a week or two ago when he drove a green and made a two on a par four because he drove the green yeah. from the tee? Yeah. So it was two oh, weeks geez. ago. Oh, yeah. God. Unbelievable. What? 350 yards or something? Yeah, it was 340-something. My God. And, I mean, it wasn't the wind-aided, <laughs> fluky. No. I mean, yeah. And, and you know, this guy, uh, he's been around a while. is isn't like he's some young buck just out of college that can bomb it. So uh, that's one of the reasons, if he can do that, because uh, although I haven't been to Augusta, uh, and uh, the one best chance I had fell through, and, oh, I could tell you that story. But oh, yeah. uh, um, anyhow, I, uh, I know there are a lot of dog legs out there and everything. And if he can hit a ball over a dog leg like he did on that 340, 40 yard or whatever. I mean, it wasn't a true dog leg, but you know, if a guy can hit it like that, imagine what he's going to do at Augusta. They can't back yeah. the TV, the, the tees up far enough, you know? So no, you're absolutely right about that. Uh, and then it just, it, I mean, his game is just so perfect, you know, very few flaws. So also the like, greatest, I always like on the first day to see like Freddie couples shoot a 65 or something, you know? Yeah. The old guys, because they know the pin placements. So, no question about it. I, I just, I've always enjoyed watching. Well, you and I played a lot of golf over the years together. It was yeah. out at Rolling Green or what's that called now, Medina? Medina, yeah, and uh, Golden Valley. We hung out at. Met a yeah. lot of good folk. Yeah, except for Kendall. That's the one mistake we made. <laughs> yeah, no. Kendall. I, I, I don't know if he got down here this year. Usually, I hear from him when we, uh, we play, but. Uh, I didn't hear from him this year, but uh, I know he was recovering from surgery, so that might yeah. still be an issue. I'm not sure. but Kind of a shoulder deal or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, what are you going to do? So do you um, – this is a bit of a serious question, I guess, but you were a news anchor for how many years? I mean, you were a sports guy at first, then you became a news anchor, and how many years were you at? Almost, the 25. almost 25. 25, almost 25. Um. I talk about this on the air quite often now. The fact that particularly the national news lies to people every time they open their mouths just to try to get them to take one side or the other, therefore kind of creating hatred. I don't think that's a news anchor's job. Now, is it because I grew up in Minneapolis where I'm still to this day telling you? Uh, Chicago's very, very, very close, but Minneapolis-St. Paul is the best news market in the United States. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I. It is. I've, I've said before. I think uh, that it, it had the technological advancements. Uh, it uh, was very competitive. Uh, it had a lot of uh, talent, as they say, and still does today. Uh, people who go on to uh, national news and uh, get jobs there, um, and. Uh, I think there's, there's just a standard that was set long ago, uh, and everybody else has to, you know, meet up to that standard. Um, but I do think you're right in that uh, you the thing that gets people to watch news, uh, or if it's talk radio or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. is you got to get them emotionally. And if you can get them wound up emotionally, you know, if you can get them angry about something, 
if you can make it look like two sides are fighting, it's why they sell the National Enquirer. It, yeah. It's almost, you know, it's that kind of thing. In People Magazine. The other thing is that they, they can spend three minutes telling you something that has nothing to do with your life, but it'll still get you all wound up. <laughs> yeah. You know? It is really is that the most important thing of the day? You know what's going yeah. on with this portion of society or whatever? Don't we have bigger things to fix than you know? Oh, he looked at me and uh, she crossed her eyes when I said that and made me sad. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> come on. Yeah. I know it's pretty amazing, yeah. but that's that's one of the reasons I liked watching you. Paul Majors did a hell of a job. Ron Majors yeah. before him. I mean, you look all the way back to Dave Moore, and that's a name a lot of people probably don't even know anymore. But that man no. was legendary. He uh, he uh, he was captivating. Uh, he knew um, he knew how to read a story. It was back before the days of the teleprompter. Yep, he had acting experience. Uh, so I'm sure that helped. And I was, uh, in, in one way, fortunate enough to probably do the last interview with Dave Moore before. Yeah, I remember. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and he wanted to talk about everything else, but news. He was a big baseball fan. Huge. Yeah. So he was indeed. And he, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm going back a ways here, but it's, it's important to know how that used to be. There wasn't all this serious and, oh my God, I'm, everything's very serious. No. One night it's about, I don't know, 90 degrees. It's humid as a sum bitch. And Dave Moore tosses it over to Bud Crailing. Uh, <laughs> Dave Moore, Bud Crailing is a weatherman at the time on channel four. And Dave Moore Ooh. says, so, uh, uh, Bud, do a lot of people, uh, when you walk down the street, obviously they recognize you because you're on television, do a lot of people make comments about the weather to you? And he goes, oh, yeah, it just happened on the way in today, as a matter of fact. I was walking down Nicollet Avenue, the Nicollet Mall there, and uh, somebody came by and they, they recognized me. And they said to me, uh, Bud, is it hot enough for you? And I said, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> 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 that was his big story. That was, was the brilliant. big story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bud was a nice man. You know, oh, Bud, uh, a great guy. Yep. Yeah, and plus uh, Dave Moore. Uh, I don't know why somebody hasn't tried a new version of this because there is there are enough uh, former CCO people who worked with Dave Moore briefly or certainly knew about him. And we're told the stories of his, of his lore. Uh, uh, he did not necessarily the news. What was it on Saturday nights for like ten to fifteen minutes? Yes. And they yep. they'd make fun of headlines and double entendre kind of. And it was sponsored by that King Coil mattress family. Yes. So he yep. did all the commercials live and the whole thing. And uh, you could tell he was just really enjoying himself. There's got to be some of those on the internet somewhere, you know. If yeah, I would want think to so. Look it up. Yeah. See that that is one of the problems you have growing up in Minnesota all the way back, uh, you know, to my to my generation, all the rest of it. You saw the best news you were ever going to see, and I use the example of how great it it was and still is in most cases. There are yeah. a couple of them that are pretty lame now, but I moved to New York in 1982. I think it was. And I watched the news, and I said, this news is terrible. Oh, the, the talent, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, 
And you hear the na- the names that were made a big deal of back when I was doing sports. It was, oh, Warner Wolf. Oh, boy. What a great <laughs> He was terrible. Terrible. Guy in New York. Yeah. All he ever did was uh, his, his pitch line instead of, you know, okay, we're going to pick it up in the third period here and show you the highlights. He just go, let's roll a videotape. Okay. Yep. So that, I mean, that was his, that was his go-to line. Let's roll the videotape. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. But no, look, I, it, 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 the situation is that, uh, that, and it was pretty much every channel, four, five, nine, eleven. Every channel had terrific uh, news reporters and all the rest of it. I just hope that people, and I guess I keep bringing this up because I hope people understand how good the news is in Minneapolis-St. Paul. It's the best in the country, and I think yeah, it maybe still think, it still is. I think that has a lot to do with some of the other things you see uh, politically. Uh, yep. uh, Minnesota is usually near the top of the nation when it comes to voter turnout. Uh, yep. And that is probably an effect of people being well informed on a variety of issues. I do think that uh, as much as I tried uh, when I was at Fox Nine, uh, it isn't completely balanced. Uh, but uh, I think it the people. Let's just say I think they try. <laughs> you know, yeah. I. I I, I don't think they realize sometimes that they still aren't being uh, balanced the way they should be. But, you know, th- th- that's partly due to uh, the way they were educated, too. Uh, because I don't think there's a, a, uh, a mass communications college in the country that the academia who are in charge would say that they are anything but uh, progressive or liberal, but you know, that's a whole nother story too. So it is a different way to d- deliver. It. I, I liked it when I didn't know the political party of my news anchors. You know what I liked? Uh, here comes this guy with the blower again. I'd like them to get the hell out of <laughs> we here. We only got about a minute anyway. That's fine. Okay. Uh, well, I, I liked an election night. I'd go back to my desk and I knew I did my job because everything's unscripted. But I knew I really did my job because the, the the message light would be blinking, and I probably get anywhere from fifteen to twenty messages at least, and half of them said, "You uh, pinko commie," and the other, <laughs> <laughs> the other one said, "You liberal, you know, whatever," or "You conservative pain in the ass," right? Right. And so right. you knew you did your job. You're like you're like a referee. <laughs> you know, b- both sides are booing you. <laughs> well, you know, I've been through that myself, so I know exactly oh, yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, pass this summer. I gotta, we, I gotta come up and see you at the cabin. We gotta play golf because I haven't played golf in six years now. So I gotta start playing again. Has it been that long? Yeah, I just have not had Boy. time to do it. A lot of well, you went through the same situation. Being yeah, I, yeah. I did not. This is my opinion, not Jeff's. I did not like the way you were treated at your last venue, and I will never get over that. You've been a dear friend for many, many years, since you were 17 years old. And I know you're, what, like 22 now? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Going on 100. No question. Uh, I hope to see you soon, Pass. Thank you so much for being yeah, on today. Be it was fun. great talking to you. Yeah, and uh, let's see if the Twins can win uh, without having uh, 
icicles form on their uh, the browser <laughs> their cap today. Jeez. Oh, they're playing tomorrow. They canceled the game today and they moved it to tomorrow. Oh, they did. Okay, that's what I was that's told. Why. Yeah. Okay, because I don't think it's going to get over thirty six up there today. Yeah, thirty six, uh, thirty seven. And then, and then uh, uh, we got to save for Bob Mosco and the Gophers. Oh God, yes. Go get them. Get that uh, NCAA championship for the first time in uh, twenty years. Go for hockey. Uh, everybody's rooting for him, including St. Cloud guys. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right, because you're a St. Cloud guy. There's no doubt about you. University of uh, St. Cloud University, I guess it was called, right? St. Cloud State, yep. St. Cloud State University, there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right, Pass, we will see you soon, pal. Thank you again. Be well, guys. Jeff Basso, ladies and gentlemen, legendary news anchor in the market up there. You know what I was thinking? we got got to do this, too. Because uh, there's so many great people in the Channel 5 newsroom. Not just Chris Eggert. I mean, it's just a given that he's a legend, yeah, right? obviously. But we got to start inviting some of their anchors on to get a very, very nice people. Their anchors, I will tell you, Channel 5's anchors are some very, very nice people. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, they're great. They are indeed. But uh, you know what a thrill that was to watch a guy do the news every night that you met when he was 17 years old, had no idea what the hell he was going to do with his life at that point, and... Made a decision and became a huge success at it. Isn't that great when that happens? It's just like so crazy how many people you knew young that ended up being in this market. Like it's just wild. Oh, my back is killing me from Gary. I knew yeah. you were gonna say that, you, <laughs> you just, little monster. I am a little monster. It's absolutely true. There's no question about it. We have to take a break. We'll be right back. A little news. A little information. At 9 o'clock, just about uh, after the break, would be about 10 minutes away, Mr. Mike Gelfand will be in studio. Of course, at 9.20, score north, Judd Zolgad. Uh, Rudy, we're still talking about extending his time a little bit, maybe starting next week or the week after, huh? Yeah, so he hit me up yesterday and said, hey, by the way, uh, I want to start coming in a little earlier because I don't feel like I get enough time with Tom. And I said, absolutely, my man. That guy's, uh, that guy's a winner. I like having him on the air, for sure. No, he told me what you said was, I spend too much time with him. That's what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. We're going to yeah. cut it down. You get seven seconds with him. Make it quick. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. But No, I do, I, I, and I hope it shows. I love Jeff Passold, his whole family, known him for his whole life, basically. His brother Dave was a friend before I knew Jeff. But looking back at all the people, the Paul Majors of the world and Jeff Passolt and obviously Frank Vassalero, could he? Could Frank be any nicer guy? We were all in such a good mood when Frank came oh, yeah. in. Like, he's just lovely. I think it's a good thing for people to know that news anchors, like Dave Moore, made it very obvious on the news. You guys are not old enough to remember him. But he was maybe the best newscaster I've ever seen because he could be serious when it was necessary, but lighthearted when that was necessary. He he carried all the qualities needed, uh, maybe the best of all time, and he may have been the one that set the precedent, no question. Mm-hmm. I know that Dave was offered the CBS Evening News job before Walter Cronkite was, but he turned it down. Wow. It's pretty important, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a very impressive. I know... Um, um, uh, oh my gosh! What's his name? Always talks about him. Who's who's just in? You're a good friend. Um, Don Shelby talks about him oh, all Shelby, the yeah. talks. And oh yeah. He yeah. he has this great um, story. He tells that when he f- had to follow up him, he would get letters that you're you're no more, you're no Dave Moore, and all these things. <laughs> oh yeah, he tells. And right. he would write back. He go, trust me, nobody knows that more than me. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. But he also, the other thing about Shelby was he would get uh, letters. You're nowhere near as good as Axel and his dog. Oh, that's true. Which you guys aren't old enough to even know who the hell that is, but it was a performer on TV dressed up. Uh, he, it was Axel's treehouse. He lived in a treehouse, and he had a dog, which was actually a hand puppet. Oh, God. And then you had that weird train thing, too, you always talk about. Like kid train, book train thing that you talk about oh, that was yeah. on the news, too. You guys yep. had a weird childhood news thing. <laughs> Pretty much true. Well, they, yep. Everybody didn't treat each other like crap back then, so there wasn't a lot of crime. There you go. That's true. Everybody was very respectful. Do you think we'll ever get back to being respectful to one another, or is that never going to happen? Um, I, I think, I think you got to look, look, you got to look within a couple feet of you. That's where we're at right now. We're not. I'm not going to look out too much farther and expect much. Yeah, good. It's a good idea. We got to take a break. Gelfand is coming up in a couple of minutes. More news right after this. Tom Bernard show. Right now, my pillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. Listeners continually make the My Slippers the number one selling My Pillow product, and I have a feeling you'll want to stock up now when you hear this offer. When you use my promo code TOM, T-O-M, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out. Trust me on that one. My Slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for only 25 bucks. Regularly priced at $149.98. Limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code TOM, T-O-M, for this incredible offer. They won't last long, so order now. Uh, Yes, we do have availability. Those dates for how many guests? Andrea's Boutique Hotel is the destination to tie the knot. Oh, you want the whole property. She needs an assistant to catch the bookings bouquets. 249 guests, huh? Oh, and three dogs. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Eric was way behind on his taxes. I owed a lot of money to the IRS, almost $15,000. I tried to make payments. The IRS wasn't satisfied with Eric's efforts, so they came after him full force. They're coming to put a lien and a hold on all my income, my home, my car. I was just overwhelmed at what to do. Then Eric called Optima Tax Relief. When Optima Tax got involved, the cars would stop, the threats would stop. It was easy like, uh... One, two, three. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and their team of expert tax professionals took care of Eric's problem. I owe 15000 and now my debt is clean. I don't owe anything. Take Eric's advice. If you have a tax problem, you need to call Optima Tax now. Call Optima Tax Relief for a free consultation. Call 800-783-8055. That's 800-783-8055. 800-783-8055. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. I thought learning a language would be too much work, but Babbel makes learning fun. J'aime Babel. Babbel's lessons only take 10 or 15 minutes, and soon you turn and realize, hey, I'm starting to speak another language. How'd that happen? Babbel isn't robots talking. You learn words and phrases from real native speakers. I was ready for real-life conversations in just a few weeks. So easy. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com.